Welcome to the Black Entrepreneur Experience Podcast, inside the business, buzz, and brilliance of Black entrepreneurs. Here is your host, Dr. Francis Richards. What happens in Vegas goes all over the world on Black Entrepreneur Experience, episode number 418. Thank you for joining us as we elevate the Black Entrepreneur Experience by interviewing CEOs, thought leaders, innovative thinkers, and Black entrepreneurs across the globe. I'm your host, Dr. Francis Richards. Our next guest is owner of the Lazy Millennial, an operations management and technical writing company that specializes in helping businesses and corporate leaders streamline their processes and systems to achieve maximum efficiency and growth. Welcome, Adriana Richardson. Thank you so much for the welcome. I'm excited to be here and share some gems. You're welcome. (laughs) I've given our audience such a brief bio. Why don't you fill in the gaps? Share with our audience what you'd like them to know about you and your business. Yeah, of course. So I didn't just start my business and say, I want to do stand-up procedures and streamline processes. So I started my business back in 2018 as a virtual assistant. That quickly transformed into an agency model. And with that, I had no idea what I really wanted to do. I had no direction, didn't really have strong systems, all of that good stuff. And (laughs) what ended up happening was that I ended up getting about nine or 10 women working under me, couldn't delegate to any of them. And then having like clients and stuff, like I got overwhelmed and I was just like, okay, I don't want to live this life decided to drop the agency model and try to fix, I started focusing on my processes, doing SOPs and stuff. And once I got myself in order for that, I started helping clients with that. And then once I realized, oh, this is what we actually need, not just hiring help, I quickly transformed what I was doing for, it was then Avis LLC. I transformed that into the Lazy Millennial and started doing standoffing procedures and streamlining processes and all that good stuff. And here we are. When you talked about you could not delegate, mm-hmm. talk about why. Okay, so we all know a delegation. We need to make sure that we actually have things that we can delegate. And honestly, when we're at the point of delegation, it should be a continuous thing because not only is someone helping you, you're also funding another person, like people are depending on you. So like when I was delegating, because I didn't have like clear systems, I didn't really have a real direction I wanted to go in. So like when I needed to pass work on to somebody, one, I didn't have a system for them to go off of. So like, yes, I had work, but like I had work that I wanted done in a particular way. And because I didn't clarify that, they couldn't do the job because I had to go back in and fix things, I'm doing air quotes, had to fix things when, had I had like the proper systems and stand over procedures, I could have just passed it on and kept it moving instead of having them just kind of sitting there stagnant. <laughs> What advice would you give someone as a startup? Definitely, I would tell them, number one, if you are a startup, get yourself in order first. And what I mean by that is figure out if you're starting something, figure out what direction you want to take it in. And because I do the process streamlining, I like to tell people, focus on like what is your end goal for the business? So like if you're doing a startup and you're starting it because you want to sell it off, make sure you start gearing your processes and start thinking in that way, like, okay, what processes do I need to focus on? So that way someone could come in and I can sell it off to them. What needs to be duplicated? What needs to be written down? So that way I can have a team built and they know exactly who to hire. You want to start laying out the foundations for not only yourself because you're operating it, 
but also for the end goal. So that's what I would tell. <laughs> Definitely a startup. Focus on that. Advice you wish you had followed. The definitely, it, it goes back to the beginning. Like when people tell you what, like the very basics, like what is your mission and vision? What exactly, what direction you want to go? And I wish I actually sat down and focused on that more because even though a lot of times we kind of like, oh, we know, like we want to help people. We want to do this, that, and the third. Honestly, taking the time out to really figure out like, oh, I want to focus on this because X, Y, Z. And I wish I sat down and actually clarified that a lot better instead of just, kind of like, oh, I want to help people and I need to make money because I need <laughs> I need income coming into my household. I wish I just sat there, like really focused on that component. And you know, that's really good because as an entrepreneur, solopreneur, startup, it just seems like you're in put out the fire mode. Right. When you talk about really sitting down And what I'm hearing you say about the clear systems and processes in place, is there a manual or is there a book when you talk about really sitting down and clarifying, getting really clear with your thoughts that you would recommend? Definitely. If you guys are starting a business, and I wish I saw this like in the very beginning, but the e-myth. I think it's like the entrepreneurial myth or something like that. I can't remember his name right off the top of my head right now. But if you look up the e-myth, that book helps you break down everything from like the operational standpoint and like figuring out why you're doing this and kind of get you out the mindset of like, oh, my business is my baby versus like, what do I need to do to pass this business on and get myself out of it, (laughs) get myself out of it down the line. So like the e-myth, I highly recommend that for anybody starting a business. There are so many brands and businesses that are dominating. Talk about a brand or business that's dominating that you admire and why. I would say because I focus a lot on processing the stuff, one, I'm actually, I work with them too, alongside somewhat, but um, Trainual, they are a SOP software. I really, really like one because they use memes and stuff. So like, I like to, I have a humorous, like, personality. And a lot of times my first time in my business, people are like, oh, you can't do that. People won't take you seriously if you're doing this stuff. And like when I saw them, they're like, they're showing memes. They're showing like pro- how process can be fun. I'm just like, this is what I'm doing now. And I'm just like, it gave me hope kind of like, okay, like this person doing it, they're successful. Like, why can't, like, we can do whatever we feel like doing inside business and still be successful. So that's one of the things i that's one of the companies I like following. So Trainual, definitely. And all things processes, SOPs and stuff. Really love their model. I love that they show their personalities. And that's what I like doing as well. So I really admire how they're building their team and teaching other people. So I highly recommend that too. If you're trying to streamline processes, look into them. And just for the audience sake, the E-Myth author, Michael E. Gerber. There we go. So I just, I don't like to leave them hanging. I appreciate it. (laughs) Thank you for that. What problem exists in the world today that you'd like to solve? Oh, man. One of the bigger things, because again, I think processing this stuff, I feel like taking the time to slow down and figure out what exactly we want to do. So I feel like we're like in a, we rush a lot like this time it's just like because we have the computer like we need to do this people have short attention spans i want to take it back to be like okay like yes 
some things we do need to move quick on, but like we can build sustainable businesses. We can actually move slower and actually go further when we slow down and figure out what exactly we want to do. So one of the things I like to focus on is just moving slow, enjoying life as you're building and still being successful doing that stuff. So like just taking it back and breathing <laughs> because we have so many things demanding our attention, just slowing down, especially when building a business, you want to slow down, make sure you're doing things the right way anyways. Slowing down is definitely the thing like we need to do. And that's what's something I like integrate into my services and stuff as well. Like, slow down and breathe. <laughs> and when I hear the slow down, I'm moving into self-care. What does self-care look like for you, Adriana? So self-care for me, honestly, just being able, it looks, because I have young kids. So let me throw that out there. I have young kids. So getting up very early, it's helpful for me to exercise, slowing down. I have like yoga or sometimes I'll drink like a tea or something early in the morning, having that, the silence. And now that I picked up gardening too, like just going out and looking at the plants, like, man, I'm growing that. But just taking the time, time alone or some kind of quiet time is definitely self-care for me. I don't care to really go out and stuff as much because I'm an introvert. So like I thrive in silence. (laughs) Motherhood and entrepreneurship. Talk about it. Oh, goodness. Where to start? Um, So I always like to say when I started my business back in 2018, I actually was pregnant. So my youngest has actually been with every little step I've been with starting my businesses and stuff. So honestly, I don't want to sugarcoat things. It's hard. Like we can find different ways to kind of like integrate. I find ways to like integrate them. So like if I have meetings, like I'll take them with me. Like they see, oh, mommy's in a meeting. Like sometimes I'll hang around. Sometimes I'll be like right outside the door. But just finding ways and finding a path that works for me was super ideal because again, there's no easy way around it. It's like kids demand so much of your attention. Your business demands a lot of your attention. So like trying to find ways to integrate the two was ideal and just, accepting that I'm not going to be able to do it all. That was the main thing. Like I want to move further than I was like when I had him when he was like a newborn, but I couldn't. So like just accepting things for what they are and giving grace and not giving myself a whole lot to do is another thing. Like I have maybe a couple hours a day to do something, then I'm going to utilize those couple hours the best way I can. So just utilizing my time and accepting that I can't do it all was the main two points with motherhood. And even now, entrepreneurship, running the businesses. I want you to have a monologue. I want you to name this person living or not, and they've inspired you so much. Who is that person? And what are you saying to that person? In a monologue, I would say definitely one is probably like one of my great aunts from back in the day. Like we used to always go to her house. She was always just carefree, (laughs) carefree, just doing sewing and stuff. I would tell her too, because she doesn't see me. She didn't see me with the business, but like there are clues sometimes, like she's kind of like watching over me and stuff. So like I would tell her, like, thank you for always watching over me. Thank you for, even though I didn't realize it back at the time, just realizing now like how important it is to like find something that I like, be fine with like not rushing and caring what other people thought. And I would tell her, just thank you for just kind of like, okay, like, yes, I'm kind of out there, but that's fine. People are going to like it. They maybe not, but thank you. Just thank you for that. So I would just tell her thank you for that. And yeah, just honestly, I would just tell her thank you. Just giving me that 
like seeing, being able to see it, being able to see that I don't have to be like all polished and stuff and still maintaining like self-care and stuff and making sure I stay on top of me overall. I'm going to step back a moment and you talked about your gardening and growing your gardening. And it's amazing to think about this sustainability model. And we're talking about the environment now. Mm -hmm. And I, and my mother's 95 and she still lives and independently. And so I mentioned that to say, she talked a great deal about living on a farm. Mm -hmm. Tell us about your garden. What are you gardening? What are you planting? What are you growing? Right now it's just vegetables because we kind of got fed up with like the <laughs> grocery stores and stuff like nothing has seeds in it like what's happening and like even though we ate them it's just like it does food just doesn't taste the same nowadays so like right now my son and I or sons are growing on um, corn we have potatoes we're trying carrots and we're planning on adding like broccoli and some other things when the time is right but Right now, it's a big experiment because I am not a gardener. I am a recovering plant killer. So just having the things actually thriving <laughs> at this point is awesome. But yeah, just growing vegetables, being able to show them like, okay, this is what the work it takes. And also too, it kind of like helps like calm all of us now because it's just like, we have to go out here. We have to work hard to keep something alive. And it's kind of like, okay, they're more excited like okay because you know how little kids are they don't want to really eat vegetables like kind of have to make (laughs) make them or sneak it in but like actually seeing the process and breaking it down like this is why we're doing this and this is how this helps it makes them more excited they want to eat it they're ready to harvest it not quite ready yet but ready to harvest and all that good stuff so it's fun like it's fun so right now vegetables and of course like flowers and stuff but hoping to add more right now we're in like a small backyard because we live like in an HOA house neighborhood and kind of small but we have land so the end goal hopefully over the next three to five years we're planning on having a house built and actually having like an actual dedicated spot to garden and grow things so that hopefully y'all check on me about three to five years (laughs) see how that went that is cool and we will definitely stay in touch we love to have an attitude of gratitude so i want you to have a thank best. I want you to thank people and situations that have really impacted your life. Have at it. Start from like the very beginning, like she was on the board for a nonprofit and that founder actually pushed me to start my own virtual assistant business. So I definitely want to thank her for being a mentor and just not accepting um, (laughs) pretty much less because at the time I was planning on going back to work, I have my bachelor's degree, everything only wanted to pay like 12 to $13 an hour. And at the time my oldest was like four, about to turn five. So of course trying to pay for childcare and working, it was pretty much useless to be quite frank. And then I was looking at night shift stuff, but like, it was just the time it just wasn't working. So like having her like, you need to start a business, do that definitely. And honestly, I wanna thank, all the clients I've worked with, because one, it helped me shape, it shaped me to who I am today when it comes to business. And also like learning like what kind of personalities there are, how to actually talk to people really, because sometimes I come off kind of straightforward and like having to like scale back and like really learn like, okay, I need to do things this way in order to translate a little bit better. So like 
having all my clients, learning how to become a better person, really, not just the business, becoming a better person. Definitely my husband. My husband has been there from day zero, really, helping me, like, whatever the business is and stuff, whenever I'm doing stuff in the community, outside, like, business, he's there helping me set up stuff, helping me drive stuff, buy stuff, all that good stuff. So definitely he is my top supporter, and I definitely, definitely, definitely give all my thanks to him as well. Honestly, my kids, because having them and navigating motherhood and business ownership it was difficult, but like it helped shape me and be more patient because I was not super patient <laughs> before I had them and doing all this stuff. So like having to be like, okay, I can't rush this. I have to do this. So like stepping back and breathing, they really taught me with that. Different coaches and mentors, and even though it may not have worked out business-wise, relationship-wise, it taught me the type of people I should have around me, how I process things a lot better. And honestly, how to like, navigate not only business and personal life as well. And finally, definitely, there's probably more, but I want to stop here, thank my therapist. She is helping me with like my eight, because I have ADHD. So like helping my ADHD, figuring out that diagnosis, just helping me shape everything that's happened in my life and making it more positive today. So definitely got to thank her because I was not, <laughs> I was a handful at the beginning of our sessions and stuff. But, like now it's, so much calmer and easier and I'm more excited to talk there and stuff. So definitely that. So, you know, those are the people I'm going to thank for right now. It's a whole long list, but that's a short list, y'all. Talk about mental wellness and managing a business. Um, Honestly, this is like the biggest thing for me. So like when it comes to mental wellness, if you are not mentally well, your business is going to reflect that. And I'll say like for myself personally, because at the time I didn't realize I had ADHD. I figured I did, but it took some time to actually get that process going. But I'm not going to spend too much time on that. But because I was so impulsive with certain things like overspending stuff and then that resulted in it flaring up my anxiety and depression. So like I never took the time initially to solve that stuff. And when I didn't solve that, issue it portrayed in my business as like being kind of reckless especially when it came to spending and budgeting again because I said I mean up front how I talk to people sometimes it came out even though I didn't mean it in a bad or negative way it came out really negative and I hurt some people's feelings didn't mean to do that but that's what happened but not taking care of our mental wellness it portrays in our business and I would tell anybody if no matter what you're dealing with, no matter how small, make sure you are definitely taking time out for some sort of self-care, whatever it looks like for you. It's going to be different for all of us. And also too, just being mindful of whatever season you are in, in your personal life, it's going to portray in your business. Like no matter how many times people say, oh yeah, keep your personal life and your business life separate. Like it's like, let's be for real here. We can't separate the two. Like it's us. So like we need to make sure we are functioning at our higher selves. So that way, it passes on to our business because if I'm depressed or anxious and stuff, I'm going to feel more imposter syndrome and things like that. And I'm just going to be like, okay, I'm not going to go out. And when I don't go out, it reflects in our business. So long story short, make sure you're taking care of your mental wellness, practice some kind of self-care, gratitude, whatever you need to do, get a therapist if you need to, but make sure that is one of the top things you are handling in your business. Because again, they're all intertwined and we got to take care of that. And only if you feel comfortable, you talked about ADHD and talk to that mother, that father, that caregiver, that entrepreneur that may be dealing with that or may even suspect or may have a child 
that has ADHD, if you feel comfortable, talk and give advice. Oh, yeah, definitely. So if you feel like you have ADHD or anybody in your close circle has ADHD, definitely, I would highly, highly, highly encourage it. It takes a while, I'll be honest, like you get testing done, I would highly encourage that you seek help so that way you can find a good plan for yourself because mine, I'm managing without medication right now and I'm functioning a lot better, but sometimes people need medication and stuff. So definitely seek that out. But overall, when it comes to ADHD, I would say we have a different way we like to learn and different systems and stuff that we need. So some things that have helped me was, again, figuring out what works for me. I had to break down like my schedule down to like the minutes. My therapist had to help me with that too. And figuring out like, okay, so like I hyper fixate on things in business. There were times where I was starting so many different projects because I would get super excited and I'm just like, oh, I'm, I want to do this. And then the time came, I didn't want to do it anymore. So I just look all over the place in the very beginning. So like figuring out like my high periods, giving myself at least 24 to 48 hours to cool down. That was a big thing. Like, do I still feel enthused about this project? Do I still see myself actually being able to have time to complete this project and ask myself questions? That definitely helps. Number two, of course, I said given systems. Number two is, again, this kind of goes back into like mental well-being and stuff, like paying attention to self-care and stuff. Because a lot of times, like, again, I was trying to start things, getting overly excited or like I'll have like, a depressive moment or something, figuring out what I can actually make it to like maybe like a hobby and that's where gardening came in. So like actually finding like a decent hobby that kind of calms my mind and having that to look forward to. So that way, if I feel like I need to hyper fixate, I'll hyper fixate on my hobby that's bringing me joy and calmness versus just kind of going with the wind. So like finding that one or two things that really calms your mind and you kind of refer back to that definitely helps. And if you are like all bouncy and stuff, sometimes I get like that too. <laughs> if you're like that, just finding, I talk my hands. So like my hands kind of like help, like, okay, you're talking, Audrey, you got to make sure like as your hands move, I know I'm talking and I need to, I don't know, it's weird, but like it helps me focus and pay attention. Finding like that little thing that can, there's a word for it, but I can't think of it, but like finding that little thing that helps you like focus without being too disruptive like some people sometimes have like bracelets or something because I know with meetings that was like a huge thing for me like I would spend so much time trying to focus on what people were saying their words I didn't process it at all so <laughs> like having transcription that's one of the things I had transcriptions and stuff overall just finding things that work for you again it's like so hard because ADHD is such a broad spectrum but finding a good system definitely and finding little hats that you can look forward to and hyper fixate on definitely at least has been helping me. And hopefully that helps some of you as well. If you're dealing with that. Marriage and entrepreneurship. Ooh, okay. This is a big one. So in the beginning, so my husband's super, super supportive, but like there were times where like I would have to overwork, not overwork, but like I would kind of go off the schedule that I had set just because like, y'all know there's sometimes there's going to be days where like we're working like what 20 hours out the day maybe not 20 hours I'm exaggerating but we're working pretty long because it's like okay I'm gonna launch something or like maybe have client work and I didn't take an account of it where that case looks like sometimes he's just kind of be looking at me sideways like um are you supposed to be doing this or like where's the defense time together during this time and you're working so finding being like being open to communication was definitely key for us like figuring out like okay I'm in a period where I'm gonna have to work more in this season so like 
can we push things to maybe weekends only or maybe early in the daytime? We can do this instead, but communication and trying to figure out what works for us during the seasons because, again, there's no dead set schedule for business and stuff. So figuring out like what season I'm in and figuring out different ways we can kind of still stay connected definitely helped. But there were times where he was just kind of like, why are you doing this? And then <laughs> when I'm able to pay for stuff, he's like, oh, okay, like I get it. But Overall, at least for me, my husband always been supportive, but like, I would say for marriage, definitely communicate, communicate, communicate. This is for like anything in marriage, really, but like definitely with business, like kind of understand because like they're not in business. Sometimes they might be, but like most of the time they're not in business with us. So like telling them like, this is what I'm doing and like, this is what's happening, all that stuff. And normally he gets it. And sometimes he actually like helps me like, oh, like, why don't you just do X, Y, Z? So yeah. My thing is just communicate. That is the biggest thing. And that that helps a lot. What is the biggest takeaway from our conversation today? What do you want the audience to leave with? I definitely want the audience to leave with pretty much, we talked about mental health and my personal life and stuff too. So like systemizing your lifestyle, definitely I want them to know that just because like we're talking about business, this is an entrepreneurship podcast, but when you your business and your personal life is intertwined. And what I want people to know that is that it's okay for them to mesh, but just make sure you have a process for each thing. So like I mentioned, mental health, how I navigate that and how that translates into business. Definitely. I want, that's a big thing. How our mental health translates into business, making sure we have a process for not only managing our home life, but also our business life too, because again, our personal life translates to business and vice versa. So we want to make sure we have a good process or how we do things in business and our home life that enhances what we want to happen. So like you, we want to grow in business. Like that's a given. We want to grow in business. So like if we want to grow in business, we need to make sure that we're doing stuff in our personal life that's helping us grow mentally, physically, and emotionally. And we also want to make sure we're doing things in business that's going to help us grow. <laughs> so making sure that is always on the same level and finding the process for that. That's definitely what I want guys to take away from. Why are you here? Why are you an entrepreneur? Okay, so I'm going to be front with y'all. At first, it was just because I could not get a good job that justified that hourly rate they wanted to pay me. So like, I started that, and I was like, I'm good at helping people. So that's honestly why I started. And again, I mentioned one of my mentors actually pushed me to start a business because of that. But over time... I was just like, okay, I'm really like able to make an impact here. Like not just cause like I'm working and stuff. And when I worked the nine to five, I was always that person that did a little extra, didn't get paid for it. Of course, didn't know better. But again, that kind of ties into the ADHD and stuff. Like I was just doing projects just because anyway, <laughs> but over time, the business, I was just like, man, like I'm really making like an impact here. So I was like, how far can I take this? And now I'm here just because all the mistakes that I made when I first started my business, because yeah, we started business to make money and stuff, but like, we at least need some kind of thing to go off of. Mine was helping. And I know that's a lot of ours too, but like I had to dig deeper, like how exactly do I want to help? So like now I want to help other entrepreneurs with actually systematizing and integrating their personal home life through processes and stuff, because again, process I mean I'm not process our home life and our business life are intertwined so like making sure that we understand both how that works and how we can make them work together is what I am here to help do and how do you make impact daily 
impact daily honestly just showing up come on social media do some videos i'll go to my local community events talk about this stuff and honestly the biggest thing y'all just show up it helps out so much what is your zone of genius i would say definitely i would say my way of thinking especially when it comes to doing processes because again i do process documentation standard operating procedures so being able to find like a story almost out of that stuff and translating it to help other businesses see what I see is my, I say my zone of genius. Like I can help you see what I see. And then this is how we're going to use it to get you out of your business. Like again, sell whatever you want to plan to do, but make it almost like a story. Cause it's not a story, but make it to almost like a story. So people are actually excited to do the work. How important is story? Oh gosh having your story. Honestly, this is like the whole reason why I do the process documentation. So yes, we got to make compliance rules and stuff and regulations and stuff, but people are coming to the business, especially if you're playing hire and stuff. People are coming into your business because they like what you are putting out. So like, like I said, showing up. So whatever you're talking about, whatever change you're trying to do, that is a part of your story. And your story translate whenever we do process documentation. This is how you are this is how you're making moves in your business. So if you don't have a set story or reason why you're doing what you're doing, it's not going to portray well. And honestly, that's, it's really hard to do documentation or SOPs, especially because it's like, you're only doing it because maybe like a temporarily thing or quick cash injection or whatever the reason is. So it's not sustainable and it's very hard to do. So the story is pretty much almost everything. I want you to talk about your top two mentors or influencers in your life and what lessons did they teach you? I will say one, of course, the mentor I had whenever I first started my business with the nonprofit leader, just showing, she taught me a lot about showing up and just getting myself out there because I, again, I'm introverted. (laughs) I got like social anxiety and stuff, but watching her go out and continuously try to push her message and stuff. She's doing awesome. um, By the way, y'all pushing her message out and everything that was inspiring to me. Like, okay, like, yes, I'm starting my business, but clearly I need to find like my own, like really good story versus just like, I'm starting my business because I need to pay bills. I need a job and I like helping people. I need to find like an actual purpose for it. So like she taught me a lot with that aspect. And there was another coach that um, I work with too. She helped me with like, again, like the structure piece and kind of put in my mind like, okay, guess I'm helping people. But like, I need to focus more so on like the business foundational pieces. Like wonder if someone doesn't like what I'm offering. Like, how do I go about that stuff? Like she made me think outside the box because again, like many people, we aren't, I didn't start a business being, an operational manager, like knowing all the functions of the business and stuff. So she helped me figure out like little things I kind of like forgot or as I was building, she kind of like, oh, mentioned, oh, you need to do this. Oh, don't forget, like what happens if this person does this? Just asking little questions helped me focus like, oh, like, let me, (laughs) let me think about this a little bit more. So I'm not going all over the place. And when I'm going all over the place, my clients will go all over the place and I can't have that happen. So Things like that. So definitely those two, definitely top that come to mind that really made an influence. And something that you said that's so profound, and I'm just going in my mind as an entrepreneur, and you're here, there, everywhere. And 
What is that aha moment when you were really able to focus on not just when you talked about, and so that's a whole nother challenge when you're dealing with the ADHD, but really that aha moment when all the pieces of the puzzle is fitting together. Tell us story behind that, but more importantly, what do you think was that pivotal moment that got you to that point? I would say, honestly, it took me a while. So I would say about almost two years in, honestly, COVID times, that really like clicked everything for me. And I felt like, I thought I had it before, but I was just like, that was that turning moment, like COVID. I'm like sitting here, I'm living, like my goal was like really small. So like in the beginning, when I first started my business, like again, very small, I wasn't trying to make like a whole bunch of money, kind of wanted something to supplement whatever my husband made. So like, I wasn't really focused on like building or scaling and stuff. I was kind of like going with the flow. And like when COVID hit, when I was actually pretty busy, making enough money to do stuff for my kids and like all the extra funds, I couldn't enjoy it because I was the one doing everything. In that pivotal moment, I was just like, okay, I didn't start a business to be working another job pretty much. So I was just like, okay, something has to give here. What exactly can I do from this moment to break out of what I'm doing now? So that COVID and being busy was um, the turning point. And then how I broke out of that turning point was, honestly, I had to shut down. I was just like, I don't want to keep moving like this. I don't want to be working another job. I didn't create this to be another job. Like I created this. So that way I have like a supplemental thing and I still have freedom to be a mother and enjoy the community and stuff. So having to shut down, kept a few clients on just to kind of keep things running afloat, but like shutting down, actually getting clear, going back to the beginning. Why am I doing this stuff? How am I going to do this stuff? Like, what exactly am I trying to do here? And what is the end goal here? Breaking that down. And then, of course, doing the necessary work to get that done. And the necessary work for me, how that looked like was one, figuring out, do I still really want an agency model? And two, figuring out, okay, since I said I want to probably sell my company down the line, what does that process look like? So that for me broke down like, okay, what is this person going to need whenever I decide to sell and doing the work for that, figuring out the processes for that and things I need to do. And that pretty much helped me with the, the pivotal moment. So like once I got clear with that, did that work, I was able to actually help people more because I took the time out to figure out what I wanted to do. And once I figured out what I wanted to do, I was just like, the light bulb again went off and just like, this was it. Like, had I done this stuff in the beginning, I could have saved a whole lot of heartbreak and funds and all this stuff, but live and learn. What is the best advice you were ever given? So the best advice, very simple. Honest, do you, two words, just, well, three words, just do you. That was it sounds simple. And at the time I was just like, what do you mean? Like, just do you. But again, like I mentioned, social media has a whole bunch of noise. Like we feel like we need to do so many things, but at the end of the day, like, again, I know what direction I want to head in. I know what kind of stuff I need to get done and what kind of work I need to do. And if I'm sitting there looking at everybody else, seeing what they're doing, how much money they're making, it's going to make me stray from what I have set already. So just doing me <laughs> has helped a lot. And especially when it comes to like my personality, I'm just like, what would Audrey do in this situation? Like I would do this. So just focusing on ourselves, focusing on our path, 
just do you <laughs> and the rest will follow as long as you're doing the work. Let me say that. As long as you're doing the work too, the rest will follow. <laughs> what is the best decision you've made as a leader? The best decision, definitely. I still have contracts and everything. So the best decision I would say is giving them space to actually thrive. So again, I work with independent contractors, 1099, and having people work with me, changing my mindset, like this person working for me and they're working with me definitely was a mindset shift that I took and actually paying more attention. Like, okay, yeah, yeah, I hired them to do a job. It's like, okay, what exactly are you trying to do? Getting to know the people a lot more, I would say that was definitely like my biggest thing. And figuring out like, oh, okay, this person actually doesn't really like what she's doing. She's only doing it because she may be paying bills and like giving them the space. And I like to train people on different things. Like even though they get hired from one thing, sometimes I'll train them like, hey, because you mentioned this, you can learn this. But giving learning about people more and giving them the space to thrive in the area that they want to, I would say that was my biggest like takeaway or biggest thing as a leader, like letting people thrive. And even when it comes to collaboration and stuff, if someone's good at something, I'm going to give them the space to one thrive. And if it can help with my clientele or my audience, I will give them the space to do that as well. So just letting people thrive and being like a, giving them a space to do so. If you conducted this interview, what is the one question you would have asked yourself? I want you to ask the question and answer it. This is a good question. I guess I would probably ask, where do I see myself going? I kind of already answered some of this, but like I would say directly, what are you trying to do and what advice would you give somebody else that may be doing the same thing? And for myself, for my company, I plan, I have two different components to my company. So I have like a community um, feel to it. And I also have like the main thing where we do technical writing. I plan to sell off the technical writing portion to another company down the line once I have it built up, once I have like a good list of clientele and everything, plan to sell that off, plan to break off the community piece and just run that solely until, I don't know, I haven't fully figured out that part yet, but like, I don't want to break it off. And how I am doing that. So like, if you are also in the space of like wanting to sell your business down the line, again, frame yourself to selling it. People are going to need to know like what stuff is the financial piece. Like how are they going to make money from it? What are the processes and what are the steps you are taking? What kind of things are you doing now to sell it? So like people want to know, like, do you have a marketing piece? Are you using email marketing? Do you have a list? Social media? How are you promoting on that? Do you do speaking? Like how that stuff look? Figuring out the process for that, figuring out how if someone were to come into your shoes, how they can duplicate what you're doing now and make money off of that. And also, too, if they need team members, breaking down like what exactly does the team members need to do and need to do, how they need to work and budgets and all that good stuff. So like literally all the operational stuff that they can duplicate, I'm making sure I know that. So that way, when the next person comes in. It's just simple for them <laughs> to take over and continue building however direction they want, they see fit. So that's how I'm doing that. We've come to the part of our interview. It's called a rapid round of fun. I'm going to ask you a series of questions. I'd like you to give me very quick answers. If there's something that you desire not to answer, feel free to say pass. Got it. Are you ready for the rapid round of fun? Yes, ma'am. Your first job. I'm working at the movie theater. Your favorite color? Purple. Your ideal car? Ooh, I want an electric car whenever they build more outlets. 
your favorite holiday? Ooh, definitely. Oh, God, it's a mix between um, Thanksgiving or Christmas. It's a mix. (laughs) The last movie you saw. Okay, so y'all, y'all gonna judge me, but I watched two B movies with their terrible acting, but this one was pretty good. This one was called You Played Me Too. You relax doing what? Listening to jazz music and just having silence. Your favorite singer or rapper? Okay, this is tough. So right now I'm really feeling Coco Jones, so we'll say that. Your favorite dance song? Okay, y'all. So I like twerk music. I don't really have a favorite <laughs> favorite song, but twerk music. <laughs> Your favorite comfort food? Definitely anything with shrimp. Oh, no, I lied. Chocolate chip cookies. Workout or hit the couch? (sighs) I work out because I need it for my mental health. I prefer to be on the couch. (laughs) Adriana Richardson, thank you so much for joining us on Black Entrepreneur Experience Podcast. Before we let you go, share with our audience the best way for them to connect with you and to do business with you and feel free to leave all your social media handles. Awesome. So if you guys like to connect with me, definitely find me under the Lazy Millennial, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, website, thelazymillennial.net and for the community, journeytolaziness.com. And I only have Instagram for that right now, but eventually it'll be split up. (laughs) And I have to ask you one more question. Who is your ideal client? My ideal client are professionals that have teens of 10 or more at the pivotal frame, like where they're going to, they need to make their process more accessible. So like, they're already like, okay, I know I need to remove myself. I need more freedom. They were like in my position pretty much when I had the agency, like, okay, where do I go from here? Or they may know exactly where they want to go from here, but they just don't have any time to actually do their own processes. So those are my type of people I like helping because it's just like, okay, I got you. We're going to do X, Y, Z, and you're going to have all the freedom that you're going to have. And I'll show you how to do the next steps. And your ideal client is listening and they want to connect. Tell them again, how they should connect with you. I gave you all the stuff, but like, if you find me on LinkedIn, that's my hangout spot, Adriana Richardson or the lazy millennial, send me a little message. Like you found me on the podcast and we'll keep the conversation going y'all. Thank you. That's a wrap. Thank you for listening and subscribing to Black Entrepreneur Experience. We would love for you to leave a review and rating on iTunes and share with your friends. For show notes and more episodes, go to www.beepodcast.com. Join us next Wednesday. And remember, green is the new black. So keep your bank accounts and your business in the black.